I remember some of this and just like, it's crazy. It was not even translated into that word in the Bible until the 20th century. Wow. So when somebody comes at me and says, for the Bible tells me so, I'm like, did it? Did it tell you that? Because I'm 100% sure it 100% didn't until 100% years ago. Well, hello. Well, hello. (laughs) Welcome to What the Hell. I'm Tiffany. And I am Brittany. And that might be the first time we've ever introduced ourselves right off the top. I know. Look at how professional we sound on episode 26. (laughs) (laughs) Only took 26 episodes to remember to introduce ourselves. We are great at... is, Is this considered public speaking? Maybe. It's a version of it for sure. Yeah. It's like private public speaking. Yeah. Private and edited public speaking. That's right. Now you know the secrets. We edit out the stuff we don't want you to hear. Yeah. When we sound dumb and when I uh, can't get words out of my mouth, you know. And when I yawn. If you if you listened last week to this series that we're in right now, you heard that one of like my nervous tics is yawning. And last week we were talking about you, Brittany. This week we we're talking about me. So you're going to have a lot of yawns to cut out. I can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, get ready. <laughs> We should, I wish we could like record this with video too, so you could see when the yawn is coming. <laughs> yeah, and that has actually been a request that we will have to at some point fulfill. Oh. Is, I've, I've had a couple people say like, it would be so great, especially in these kind of bigger topics, to be able to actually see the per you see us, so like on, you know, yeah. video or whatever, and I'm like, I hear that, we just need to be better prepared physically for that but yes I know. okay all right well that's something to talk about and think about they're really what a challenge they're putting us up to a challenge yeah so I we I'm appreciate you know we'll figure it out <laughs> it's a it's a good reason to like care for myself yeah I like it no let's talk through it all right now let's yeah. plan it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay welcome to what the hell uh we are podcasters I guess and uh no we definitely are there's we, no way guess hell to the yes we are 26 episodes yes. I would call it professional. Content is half the battle. (laughs) Um, So we are podcasters, once again. I already said that. Um, (laughs) Clearly a little rusty because it's been a few weeks. But we, and I think I'm I'm nervous. It's okay. Uh, (laughs) I didn't think I was, but I think I am. So we are two best friends. We live in Los Angeles. So we're coming to you from Southern California. And we were both raised really, really religiously. We're pastor's kids, missionary's kids. We grew up evangelical Christian. And... Uh, so this entire podcast at ta- at all times is informed by the way we were raised, the mm-hmm. things we were taught and um, were led to believe. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're existing in this world now and we see it through this lens. And because of that, we wanted to get to a place where we could explain to everybody what we were taught to believe and what we no longer believe anymore. Yeah. So we did that with Brittany last week. You killed it. Yes, we did that last week. And we, if you go back from in episodes, like our very first one and two, which was probably, I, I don't even know if I want to go back and listen anymore. Cause I'm like, do we sound so different? I have no idea. Cause I haven't listened to it in so long. It's been like eight months. It has been a long time. And so we've, there's been little spurts where we've done, like we revealed a little bit of this. And then I think it was like episodes, maybe 11 and 12, where we talked about like the fun, fun, funny stuff about you know being raised christian but this is really getting into the belief system so last week i went through my i feel like we should call this something it's some kind of like 
revealed. Reveal's not as in- intense of a word that I need it to be. It's like our... It's like a coming out. Yeah, coming out <laughs> in a way. <laughs> but yeah. not about our sexuality. It's no. a coming out about our about uh, shedding of... Yeah, yeah shedding of our belief of, systems. Exactly, shedding the belief systems. Two episodes ago, we talked about like all the things that we were taught to believe in, like the main tenets of our Pentecostal evangelical Christian upbringing in the Assemblies of God. So, if you don't have even like the base of what that means, I would say go back to episode twenty-four. Yeah, listen to that, and you'll have an understanding of what Brittany is describing in episode twenty-five, and what I'm going to talk about today in episode twenty-six. Yeah. And something else, too, is like as far as formats go, uh, this is still going to be conversational, but this is like we said last week was Brittany's story. This week is my story. So I hope you, have, you know, don't click out on my voice partway through this because you're so tired of hearing no, me. No, I was going to say get ready for the most articulate um, conversation uh, ever because I get to listen to you talk. Well, that's kind. But also about that, I don't think that's going to be the case at all because I feel the need to be really diplomatic Sure, that makes sense. And not be like a straight shooter in a certain way because I'm not trying to offend anyone and I just want to say things right. So this is probably not going to be my best showing and that's okay. It's okay. It's the real Tiffany. You're putting your heart (laughs) on your sleeves and I think that's huge. So it's get ready (sighs) for a vulnerable episode. These have been hard for both of us to do, but I think it's also been so freeing. I will say uh, I feel weight lifted off my shoulders, so... After this, you will too. <laughs> I know. You are sitting back. Y'all should see Brittany right now. She is like I'm leaning like... back. She's got her arms across the couch. <laughs> she is straight chilling. She is chilling. I'm jealous. Oh, so, well, is there anything else you want to share with the people before we dive right in? I like diamonds and <laughs> I am a Pisces and I love purple and green and lobster dinners and french fries. Okay. And tequila and champagne. What else? <laughs> Do you have any disclaimers or anything? You don't have to have them. Just Oh, definitely. I'm just saying, are there, yeah. Do you have any disclaimers? What are, what are we if we do not have disclaimers? <laughs> we always have disclaimers. So you actually put this really well last time that you're not going to get, you had said in your episode, you're not going to get into like the nitty gritty of like Bible verses and incongruencies in the Bible and, um, you know, referencing like scientific books and stuff. I'm not going to either. Um, there have been times in my life where I've researched these things and I've read these things and I've watched these things, but like I've already done that and gotten to these conclusions and I'm not here to give a report. I'm here to give a perspective. Totally. So, um, I'll reference things and I definitely recommend checking them out. We'll link to them in the show notes and all that stuff. Um, but I think that's the biggest disclaimer. I think another thing I would want to say is kind of what I already said about I do feel the need to be diplomatic because I don't want to be a hater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is my own um, place I've come to in life and I've had enough hate (laughs) over the years that I've like worked through and dealt with and disappointments and things that like I don't want to be that person. I guess what I'm saying is this: these are the conclusions I've come to. I truly don't understand how some people cannot come to the same ones. That baffles me. But even saying that sounds super condescending, and I'm aware of it. Totally. No, I, I feel that way. I was really hoping to not come across that way in the last episode, and I'm not sure how, I don't it, think you how did. it did, how I came across. But no, I totally get that. So. I don't think you I don't think you did, but I, I guess those are my disclaimers, and I'll just pop up with them throughout the whole conversation. Yeah. Well, Flag no, here, flag totally. there. <laughs> well, and I think, I, I don't know, at this stage of, of our lives, and you can totally correct me if this doesn't apply to you, but I think if, like, we'd had this conversation even, like, a year ago for me, maybe a year or two, I probably would sound more 
like of a hater maybe and I'm, mm-hmm. I really am trying and I genuinely don't genuinely don't feel like frustrated by some people's choice of religion or whatever so if it does come across that way that's still my me working through some of that stuff yeah. without maybe not realizing it but like I truly feel like in a, in a different place now than I did say a year ago totally you know? and that is the nice thing it's like growth yeah. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like when you walk away from something like this, and we're talking around things right now, but like walking away from Christianity yeah. um, as a whole, it's almost, it's not like you're walking down a hill. It's more of like jumping off a cliff and yeah. then you have to, you know, it's very sudden and all at once. And then you have to rebuild like what makes sense and what doesn't. But at first, at least for me, it very much felt like a jumping off of a cliff. A hundred percent. And then being comfortable, yeah. like slowly being like, oh no, this is, this is cool. We're, we're cool with right. falling and not knowing what, what we're going to see at the bottom, but that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. So. Josh, my boyfriend, he asked me last night, he was like, so uh, I, he, I told him like, we we're talking about like what we don't believe anymore. And he goes, but what do you believe? And I said, uh, that is not this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am not prepared for that. Yeah. And we're still so. figuring some of that out, or at least I am, but. Oh yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no doubt. I'm like, that's the hardest question for me to answer, I think. So. When we were breaking this down, I did what you did, which was kind of like breaking down the timeline of my life and where I started questioning things. But in doing that, I also realized the different types of crises I was having Mm. throughout life. Um, You know, I had like a crisis, certainly of faith, but like I feel like actually that kind of came last for me. I had a crisis of like science, of education, of logic, of societal issues, um, and all of those really weighed on me before I even got to the faith thing. Yeah, that's awesome, though, because that totally makes sense. Again, listening back to last week of some of the things being, yeah, not like an actual faith thing, but it leading to the faith part of it, like the stepping Totally. Stones. So tell us your story, Tiffany, as a... Okay. As you will. In the beginning, God created <laughs> the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without <laughs> former void. Okay, or something like that. Anyway... I went to a Christian school growing up from kindergarten to third grade. It was a Christian private school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Assemblies of God or not. If not, it was like borderline. I think it was Assemblies of God. Um, so going to private school, especially in elementary school, you when it comes to science and things like that, you don't get <laughs> uh, like facts. You, mm-hmm. you know, I learned when I learned about science, I literally learned things from like Genesis, like how the earth was created by God speaking it into existence and all these types of things, because like the Bible was part of every single thing we were taught in school. Yeah. Like your reading classes were about the Bible. Language arts included the Bible. Then you actually had a Bible class. And then I'm trying to remember how they would have integrated math, but I, with the Bible, I don't know. <laughs> but Everything had to do with the Bible. So that's all fine and good. And there's not much to tell about K through three because that was the only world I was immersed in. Yeah. And my dad was a senior pastor of a church at that time, a very small one. It's darling little church. And then when I was in fourth grade, we moved to Key West, Florida, which um, it should have been like culture shock, but like, and I guess in a certain way it was because I came from a really like country small town to another small town, but highly populated Mm -hmm. and much more liberal. So when I moved to Key West, I was in a public school for nine weeks and then I got pulled out. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Mm -hmm. I'll let you finish telling your story. No, by all means. I don't want to give a monologue. Nine, nine, (laughs) 
but nine weeks why yeah which is one semester or one quarter of a semester what was what happened my (laughs) they taught you something bad well no my lesbian teacher (laughs) which like half of my teachers were lesbians um but really tell me no more because that's that's exactly not the problem (laughs) right well what it was was there's like a thing in key west called fantasy fest which is basically like mardi gras okay but in the keys and it's a huge thing every single year and my teacher did do something inappropriate she wore a fantasy fest shirt that had like the outline of like a naked woman on it okay okay and I was in fourth grade yeah so like it was inappropriate yeah but I definitely was pulled out because she was a lesbian (laughs) yeah I was gonna say but the real reason was that was like a an easy reason like at the front to do that but yeah totally so I got pulled out and homeschooled for the rest of my fourth grade year and then in fifth grade I went to a different elementary school during that time I started learning about things with science that I had never been taught before you know like the earth is hundreds of thousands of years (laughs) old and you know learning about things like the big bang and I remember learning about it and going home and being told at home like they're going to teach you that, but it's not true. Yeah. You know, and like, that's just what they do. That's what they teach. But like, you know what's true. And at that time, I don't know any better. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. But I also really respected the school system. Yeah. So I secretly mm-hmm. just started accepting what I learned at school. So you like very much so. Ready. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like pretty quickly was like, okay, if they're teaching this, like they're not insane. There's a reason. And so I remember talking to a kid one time, though, who also was raised like super Christian. And I remember him being like, here's the thing. If God can create the earth, then if God wanted to, he could create the earth with age, <laughs> which means he could create a rock today that seems like it's four billion years old. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really nice middle ground on this. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's a logical reason somewhere between crazy and logical. That's not no. Right. Yeah. Well, it's already like either the thing I will say about everything with science and the Big Bang and all that is like that alone is crazy. Oh, I can't totally. even wrap my head around it. Yeah, yeah. Like how does something come out of nothing? It's quite insane. Yeah. It all at some point so, it all seems like it requires some sort of belief and I get that, which is why Part of me is like, why can't we match these two up in some way? But Mm -hmm. I don't know. And that was like something where I felt like with this kid, like he's explaining this point of view to me that it did that on some level for me where it met them in the middle and was like, oh, like it doesn't have to be completely one or the other. Like there's a way for it to be God and science isn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. So I would keep that kind of stuff to myself though. I didn't talk about it openly because... I was being told by my leaders and my parents, my mom, that what I learned at school wasn't true. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say like as a child, the biggest thing really for me as a child in questioning anything was the the creation of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I realized at the beginning, we kind of mentioned our background. And again, if you listen to my episode last week, you would hear about, you know, us both being pastor's kids and all those things. But like, how were you feeling about things like Sunday school and like being saved and all of those types of things at that same age. Had you kind of got into all of it? Were you, what was your feeling well, about think, it? 
I think culturally, yes. Yeah. Like, it's just what everybody did. Yeah. You know, it's what I was around. So I got saved when I was five years old. And my mom, I mentioned this in another episode, but my mom always said I was like her late one because all the other kids got saved when they were three. (laughs) (laughs) And she always said I was late. And I I always was kind of skeptical. And I think because I really had a hard time, like, melding like the emotion of church with the legalism of church even as a small child totally because everything was like you're supposed to love God and worship God and all these things but also if you don't get saved and tell God you love him every minute of every day and you die tonight you're going to hell yeah yeah and it never made sense like I never fully accepted that and especially if you were secretly starting to believe some of the science stuff I could see maybe you were like questioning some of those things in the religious side as well yeah I questioned all of it I mean I was involved with everything I went to um you know we had Sunday school Sunday service Sunday night service Wednesday service and then when you get older they start having you know like the youth groups on Friday nights and stuff anything to keep you like (laughs) pure and at church (laughs) (laughs) yeah so in elementary school I didn't like question a lot of stuff as a whole except why I didn't get to like celebrate Santa Claus Oh, you did thing. not. I, I mean, I realize I know that about you, but our listeners may not know that about you. Yeah. But I didn't even think about bringing that up because we did we did, did have celebrate. Santa Claus. But you were not allowed to have Santa Claus. No, and I mean, it wasn't like Santa Claus was evil or anything like that, thankfully. Like, we still sang, like, the Santa Claus songs and stuff. Yeah. But I never believed in Santa Claus. Like, Santa was always fiction for me. Just the way that, like, you know, reading – a book that's fiction is fiction in the same way that like fairy tales some kids like really believe the princesses are real and that sort of thing I never did to me they were always just stories yeah so Santa was always just a story to me and I remember like being such an annoying five-year-old that like seeing the other kids believe in Santa (laughs) just being like you're so immature. I was going to say, so you ruined, how many kids did you ruin it for, Tiffany? <laughs> I know. Well, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I think that I had it like at least a soul where I, I knew better than to not ruin it. I don't know. I'm definitely making things up about my childhood self, but I did know it wasn't real. And I just remember thinking that it was so strange that other kids thought it was real. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that, especially if like you didn't grow up with it at all and have, you, you were missing the magic. You had you were I just, know. the magic was not in your life. Yeah, Christmas is about Jesus, y'all. <laughs> so that's just like a sad thing about my childhood. Does everyone feel sorry for me now? <laughs> Did you ever ask your parents though, like why they didn't sell- use it or celebrate? I do recall, it? yeah, like asking questions and my mom just being like, Christmas is about Jesus, which yeah. like she's not in, you know, she's not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I think. You know, I think there were times where, you know, my siblings who are all older than me would have slightly different memories. I think my mom and dad went through times where they were much more strict about certain things than at other times and for different reasons. Yeah. So by the time it got to me, I think when my siblings were older, it might have been a little more like evil yeah because anything that detracts from Jesus would be evil yeah and then by the time it got to me it wasn't so much that it wasn't that it's evil it's just that it's not the point yeah you know yeah and Jesus is you got the watered down version of the Christmas experience exactly but I mean my parents would say I got like the real got the true 
the Christmas experience. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my god, I was in a Christmas play every single year when I was a kid. Were you? Um, I was definitely in several. I feel like part of that I probably missed out on because of being in South Africa. Like we were the first when I was that at that age where you're talking about like a lot of that. Uh, the churches we bounced around because we were like traveling doing ministry so mm-hmm. but definitely later in life was in you know there was always the angels and you're like either mary or you know one of the wise oh, men yeah. or something <laughs> totally yeah oh but those were fun yeah. um <laughs> so elementary school yeah there's like really the only things for me that i can recall offhand questioning were yeah and then just like i don't know the whole thing of be, we've talked about this before being in the world but not of the world and how like we're different and we have to be different mm-hmm. I think I always just felt so much pressure from that that I was never willing to just like do yeah so middle school comes along high school high school I went to it's where I really started questioning things socially Okay. So elementary, like I was talking about the different types of crises that I went through. Elementary school was kind of the beginning of the crisis of just like science. Yeah. Like the school is teaching me something different than my church is teaching me. Yeah. And then when I got to high school, I went to a performing arts high school. And um, like the just most talented people ever. And like a ton of them went on to do Broadway or, you know, movies and all types of different things it was an extremely liberal school as you would imagine an art school would be and um it was during that time that like I was really surrounded by and exposed to gay students and teachers Mm -hmm. and you know queer people and not knowing how to reconcile what I was taught as a Christian and just being told outright from the beginning that this is wrong, this is sinful, and not just is it wrong and sinful, it's disgusting. Yeah. I didn't feel that myself specifically, but I was taught to feel that way, so it's hard not to have some of that feeling when you're told you're supposed to feel this way about something. I kind of have a question backing up to going to high school, but like, did your parents were, so you going to the liberal arts school, was that a problem at all, or was it just like, that was cool that you got into it or however it works yeah I mean again I was the fourth yeah of the kids so I think by the time they got to me again they were just more lenient across the board they're just tired they're like we it's yeah fine. <laughs> I think so I think they were tired and my parents are both working full-time and they were excited I had always performed like I grew up dancing and doing plays and like I was just like a showman yeah as a child so they were excited about it as a whole and they wanted to nurture that I just think that they thought that I would have the upbringing to reject what I should Mm. and accept what I should totally yeah and they weren't like wrong because I ended up accepting exactly what I think I should it just took longer than I wanted it to yeah (laughs) And it's not what they wanted me to. Being in that liberal arts school showed me that, like, being around people who weren't like me, that they're fine. (laughs) They're not evil. They're normal, talented, amazing human beings. And was I still uncomfortable with it at that age? Extremely. So did you think in high school, you just mentioned, like, there would be gay students in your school. Mm -hmm. Like, was that something that you were just you were you're saying you were uncomfortable with it at the time or did you internally you were just uncomfortable as a whole and then like later on grew more comfortable with it or what was that progress in high school yeah so I was definitely uncomfortable with it because I knew I should be 
You know what yeah, I mean? I yeah. was taught that I should be. Yeah. And I couldn't like put my finger on the why. And I think part of it was like a couple different things. One was homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin and it's disgusting. So when you're told something is gross, mm-hmm. you don't know how to behave around it. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know totally. what I mean? So I'm like, I'm just trying to be like normal over here. And I personally, if you stripped away my upbringing, don't feel any which way about these people whatsoever. Yeah. But because I was taught to, I was just so uncomfortable and didn't know how to interact. So, but besides that, not only was I taught that it's disgusting and wrong and a sin, but I'm also taught that I have the responsibility to help save that person. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while I'm being told that it's wrong, it's disgusting and a sin, I also am supposed to love this person into heaven. Yeah. Somehow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No but like pressure. what a conundrum though. It's like literally how do you expect me to act around someone that I've been taught to feel is like such a wrong thing and yet also yeah, do a very difficult thing, which is evangelize during high school, which is like the most yeah. awkward socially awkward time of your life totally yeah that's a lot like already and so at that time though too when I was in high school I was already like struggling with things internally I was never the kid at church to like raise my hands or Mm. like cry in church um I certainly I know I like faked speaking in tongues a couple of times but it was specifically because I didn't want somebody to pray over me to do it yeah yeah does that make sense yeah that totally makes sense I didn't want like there I went to this um like summer camp one time like a Christian summer camp and like there was multiple services that were aimed at the specific purpose of getting all of these students to speak in tongues oh yes and I did not want somebody coming up to me and praying over me for that so I just faked it oh I yeah but I feel like is that not what everybody does I don't don't know. know I don't know because I'm like I mean, honestly, thinking back to those times, it just gives me anxiety because I can like see it. I can see being surrounded by all of it. And I don't want to, I don't want to tell, I'm not sure what's coming up in your story, but it's like, side note, if you have not watched Jesus Camp, like that is a great description or not description. That's a great portrayal of, in my opinion, like what we experience a lot of the time. It's like those kind of revival type um sessions you're talking about where like the point of them is to be filled with the holy spirit or to speak in tongues or something like that it's like the outright purpose yeah and on some level i'm like there's certain things i never like fully bought into that stuff but there were certain things about it that i do miss because it is like this adrenaline dopamine serotonin uptake rush that makes you feel all these things and it's almost like incredible because it is this thing that it's really just like humans being around doing something together and it creates like almost something palpable that like you can touch. And Christians would say that, that that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And that is what they still believe. And for me, I'm like, you know, you can create that at like a yoga session. Evil. You can create that at like <laughs> How a meditation, you, bring up you know. How dare you word, I mean. I know. Uh, you can, but you can do that at a concert. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. you can have that same experience. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, during high school, I encountered for the first time really other like adult Christians who I respected who challenged what I had been taught openly at uh-huh. church. Yeah. And I was like, whoa! Like you're allowed to do this. 
and I always hoped for it. So like just an example of something that I really like was meaningful and I think back to a lot. It's just one of those memories that pops up in my head a lot. Mm -hmm. There was a youth pastor who was like filling in for another youth pastor. He wasn't the main guy and he was teaching about grace and mercy and he was describing a scenario where he was like, let's say that a good man loves his family, loves God, and he robs a store to feed his family. He mm-hmm. holds it up and gets killed in the act. Okay. He's like, do you really believe that he's going to hell? And inside of me, he just like asked that. I'm like, I really freaking hope not because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make Logically- any sense. Why would he? Exactly. But we're taught that like sin sends you to hell. Yeah. And he was just kind of giving, you know, talking about like the heart of God and things like that. And he openly said in front of all of us, he was like, he didn't just say he's probably not in hell. This guy was like, he's not in hell. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what he was doing was to provide for his family. And he was desperate. And it was not, you know, a malice thing. It was not ill-intended. And I just remember, it's such a simple concept, right? There's nothing like profound about that. But when you've been told your entire life, you know, like if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, you know, and in this guy going in and doing something sinful like this, I remember a kid raising their hand like in this Sunday morning service and being like, well, when he got killed, did he have time to ask for forgiveness before he died? Mm. And being like, that is the question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the pastor, this guy filling in was just like, no, like it doesn't matter. Like, God sees your heart and all this. So Was anyway, it very the controversial point of, at the time? Did people have, like, a reaction to him talking about that? Well, there were some people in the room who wanted to, like, debate it. So, like, asking yeah. that question and then going back and forth. And he's like, you know, I remember him saying that the whole purpose of what he was intending to do was actually a biblical thing, which is to provide for your family. So mm. he's like, what's the actual root of this? And it did get a little bit, like, um, apologetics-based. Sure, yeah. um, so... There was a bit of that, but I, in that moment, felt so much relief. Mm. Hearing somebody say what I always felt and would never say. Yeah. And just being like, oh my God. So what you're saying is some Christians are wrong. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that, (laughs) oh my God, it was like a revolving door. You know when you're in like those revolving doors that turn in a circle and like if you miss the exit to get out of it, you're stuck in that thing and you keep going? Yeah. It was like him saying what he said opened up one of those little pieces of the pie of the revolving door so I could escape yeah the nonsense of the rigidity of the legalism of Christianity (laughs) (laughs) no that's an amazing like visual representation of that because I yeah I totally and those such a significant thing that you can remember that now yeah because it was just this moment where you're like wait I've never heard this to been yeah. told this way before. And he was challenging. And it was also that thing where, like, I mean, small groups have been a really popular thing in churches for a long time, which is when you meet, like, typically at a home or maybe at church, but, like, in a smaller group of people to discuss and talk and learn and all these things. And this was – and in a small group scenario, it's pretty common to have, like, discussions like this and open dialogue. But he wasn't in that. He was in a service, and he was openly challenging – other Christians and their interpretation of the Bible from like the pulpit. Yeah. And it was just, 
it was. It was really memorable and powerful for, for me. And it made me go, oh, if somebody I admire and respect and who is very smart and educated and good and all these things can question the Bible, I can too. Yeah. And I don't think he knew what he was doing in that moment. He was just like, he didn't know he uh, opened Pandora's box there. Little yeah. did he know. <laughs> totally. But it was really, really powerful for me. And then a few other. So that was, again, like that, I guess, is a crisis of logic. Yeah. Of like how the Bible doesn't match up with all the time. Well, what we say about the Bible and what we say about God and Christianity doesn't always match up with yeah. what what else the Bible says and what makes sense and if God is a loving God and you know is he really going to do this people that kind of thing and it's like all our interpretation of the Bible which is like there's so many variations on it and things like that so you know that's its own thing and for me like as a person growing up and even now it's something I struggle it's like my nature I have to like push against it is I can be really um cynical and I I do have like resentment issues in life yeah. So yeah, I always have had like a bit of cynicism about things and anger because, you know, and something else that was just like kind of always weighing on me growing up was like, oh, if we pray for things and we're like God's people and we're following God and all these things, then why is life so hard? Yeah. Because everything with my life growing up in terms of like economics um, and discipline and things like that was always really hard yeah we were just poor and (laughs) everything we ever had was a hand-me-down or a gift and charity and I it it was just very incongruous to me yeah um and I always had these issues with anger and so my dad was a full-time pastor for years and years before I was born and then until I was 12 he was a full-time pastor And then we moved to Lakeland, Florida. And in Lakeland, he was not a full-time pastor anymore. He still had, like, his credentials, and he would still preach places. But he didn't get another church until I was 16. Okay. And the church that my dad took when I was 16 was this cute little country church in Polk City, Florida. And he took that church after the last pastor had been there for, like, 40 years. Oh, wow. That's so always dad, so hard. Oh. Exactly. You get it. So yeah. the first pastor, the, like, I hate to even use this word, but, like, I don't know what I'll say. The failure rate of a pastor who comes in after another pastor has been there for a long, 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 long time is through the roof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, who, yeah, whoever comes after that main pastor typically does not last there long. Yeah. You're like there, like, what's it, after you've dated for a while, you're like there, you're rebound guy. It's easy. Oh, yes, you're like, totally. you're like the You're like the rebound pastor where it's like, yeah. you know, you're just going to get burned so, so that you set them up for the next person to come in. <laughs> totally. So, like, that is kind of what happened with my dad going into this church, and it was really promising. And, like, so what happened was he was there for one year. And he probably, you know, in hindsight, it's always 2020, right? But he probably should have never agreed to this. But they basically said, the board of that church said, we'll do an assessment after one year and decide if we want to keep you or not. (laughs) And they didn't, you know, and that's no fault of my dad. So like my dad, for all of the things I do and don't believe, my dad is one of the best people I've ever known in my life and ever will know. My dad is just one of the most gentle, kind-hearted, agreeable, hopeful people that there are yeah and he came into that church and did so many amazing things with them and for them in that first year but unfortunately he was their rebound guy yeah and it um 
and this is obviously truncating everything, but he was really, 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 really sad yeah. after that. And he tried to hide it from us, but um, he just never had a church since of his own ever again. So I was 17 when he left that one. And after that happened, I was pissed. I was so pissed. I was so mad at that church. Um, I was so mad that my high school boyfriend bought me a book called Disappointment with God. (laughs) I hadn't heard of this before. Yeah, I was so angry. I was so angry. And it was like very consuming for me, that anger was. So I read that book or part of it. I never even finished it. I was too mad at God to even read a book about being mad at God. Yeah. And my boyfriend encouraged me, like an, another, probably another year later, to go back to a service at that church, and we did. Mm. So we went to a service at that church, and the new pastor, the new new, yeah, he knew who I was. I, that's he, like, what I was just about knew. to ask. I was like, because yeah. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Someone okay. told somebody who was in the church told him, like, the pa- last pastor's daughter is here. Yeah, this fool. <laughs> <laughs> came up to me after their service and we were like trying to leave he he told me he had like a prophecy for me and you're like, always the best you? do you? yeah <laughs> he told me he, he told me he saw a dark cloud over me that was like taking <laughs> me over and I was like you think <laughs> you Are have you my dad's job cloud? I think it's you <laughs> exactly and it's like not this guy's fault he's the I rebound know. from my dad rebound you know what I mean but it still just hurt and I was so hurt by it and so angry at everybody in that church and my boyfriend at the time really he like wanted me to not be hurt he wanted me to not be sad and be angry he wanted me to not be angry so I'm dealing with all these anger issues (laughs) (laughs) I'm burned by the church I'm already like not understanding like how I'm supposed to like think homosexuality is bad but I still do because I'm supposed to yeah at this point I've completely decided that like the earth is ancient and then I go to college okay So for college, I did two years in Lakeland and then two years in Gainesville at the University of Florida. And um, back to like my anger with God thing. And like my, I never had that comfort level of being showy with faith. And I'm not saying, so I'm, I'm almost making it sound like I never believed in God and I never believed in Jesus and all that. That's could not be further from the truth. I did. Yeah. Yeah. But I did because I had to. Yeah. Did you like, before I guess you move on to college, like did you like actively witness in school or did you because if you kind of talk about not raising hands I, w- I was gonna say no. <laughs> she, she's very aggressively uh shaking her head now yeah. or <laughs> no in the video <laughs> so yeah I had friends which is so funny because they're like openly very religious on their social media now but like growing up they don't even like really go to church they would come with me sometimes they thought, they thought it was so whack like the church I would bring them to because yeah. everybody's like prophesying and speaking in tongues and getting slain in the spirit and now everything they post is like praise the lord for my beautiful family family I'm like what are you talking about and like hanging up like hanging up like bible verses in their house I'm like who are you um I got drunk with you for the first time when I was 15 anyway no I'm just kidding I know I was not into the witnessing and stuff I everybody just knew it was very like she's very goody two-shoes she's a pastor's daughter she doesn't cuss she doesn't you know cheat she doesn't lie she doesn't sneak out like all this stuff yeah and then I turned 16 (laughs) And then a dark cloud came over you. (laughs) (laughs) A dark cloud came. Yeah. So no, like, and you know, we talked about this, I think with you, the kits they would give us like the evangelizing kits. Yeah. 
they would like, like make you sign documents saying I promise I will witness and give these out and I will bring this many souls to the Lord <laughs> and I would sign it and mm-hmm. then I would just like scatter the stuff around and oh all that gosh. paper went to waste Christians are not eco-friendly I mean, I talked about global warming a little bit last episode. I feel you like did. it's just, you know, it's this, it, we're not living for this, this earth. It's for heaven. So. Oh girl, we're getting to that. We are getting yeah. to that with, with my faith <laughs> journey. So now I'm in college and yes. again, I'm with the same boyfriend and I have this thing where like, I am not showy with my faith. It makes me very uncomfortable because I'd been around so many showmen you know, uh, what's it called? Performative Christians. Yeah. That I just couldn't do it. And I, so we were on our way one time to, um, I think we were going to acquire the fire. Do you know what that is? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it was like a Christian (laughs) concert basically with a whole bunch of big Christian headliners. Yeah. Like Toby Mac is going to be there in third day and whatever. Yeah. And we're on our way and we're having to drive to like Tampa or something, which is like 45 minutes West. And we passed a really, really, really bad car accident. Like for sure dead people really bad car accident and my boyfriend we're on the way to like a christian concert says to me he goes pray and i was like okay so i like did in my head like out loud (laughs) oh yeah i didn't ask any questions i just started praying in my head which i did like i know how to pray i know like the freaking formula so i pray in my head and he's like pray out loud and i was like i prayed in my head i don't want to pray out loud i just prayed it turned into the biggest fight like major like yelling at each other screaming blow blowout fight and him being like you are so guarded with your faith and like you're not open about your spirituality and that is so important to me and maybe all that was true but anyway that was like the demise of our relationship at that time we ended up like fighting nonstop for like two months and breaking up but like how ironic is that now oh I'm getting to it I'm I'm gonna say who it is don't you worry okay I'm just like I, I love this story because I've heard it before, oh, but yeah. I'm always just like, <laughs> so, sorry, continue. No, it's fine. It's just one of those stories, too, that, like, I remember feeling so um, indignant and being like, yeah. I get to express my faith however I want, and you can't control that. Yeah. And also ashamed that I didn't have it in me to be the type of person to performatively, like, pray or, you know, no, that's the re- performative. That, oh, no. I was going to say but, that's the best <laughs> word ever because that's how it yeah. feels where it's like, you got to know all the words to say and have just the right moment to be like in the in Jesus name and, and of the, the yes. Lord Jesus Christ and the, all those things. Yeah. Yes. And I just was never, ever comfortable with that. It wasn't who I was. It's not who I am now either. And I wouldn't do it. And it just became the biggest blowout. And then um, we ended up breaking up because that was not the reason we broke up, but it was like the first thing that led towards us fighting constantly and breaking up. And then we got married and divorced eight years later. And now I think he's an atheist. <laughs> so. I don't know. But like, isn't that just like the, uh, the like full circle irony of it all is like I was so shamed by my like uh, n- my quiet relationship with God. Oh, I, I don't even know where to start with that. But I had to. <laughs> No, that's all I could think about when you were telling the story. I'm like, man, how the tables have turned. Like, isn't it? Isn't that the thing? Yeah. Isn't that the thing? So anyway, that was just like another one of like those punctuation marks in my journey yeah. of being like one step further away from what people wanted me to be that like I just couldn't be it authentically. Like at that point, so 
was there any questioning of like the existence of God or, or was it just kind of like the, cause you weren't into the rituals is what you're mostly saying here, but did you still believe most of the like yeah. general idea of God in that moment? Yeah. And even now, like one day, whenever we do talk about what we believe, which is a hard thing to do, um, like denying the existence of God is probably my hardest thing even now. Yeah. Because I still feel like even what we were talking about earlier, like with the Big Bang and whatever, things like that. I'm like, well, what started that? <laughs> I feel the same way about that, too. I'm like, but at some point there becomes like an unexplained, even in science where there'll be like a, mm-hmm. they won't use supernatural. It'll be like a some more scientific yeah thing of like something unexplainable happens and why couldn't that be some form of higher power and I'm not even opposed to that it's just the more like active god in the sense of like you pray and something happens that I'm opposed to totally 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 so I ain't never seen nothing happen after I prayed (laughs) well I've seen things happen and then like if it's good we attribute it to prayer and if it's not we attribute it to God choosing not to and it just doesn't add up y'all yeah I agree that's that what you just said is like the thing that drives me nuts where it's like yeah if it's good then it's God and if it doesn't happen then it's like well guess guess it just wasn't the time or or God had a different plan. plan yep yeah. yeah, which we'll get to that too because, um, a, like my like I said, the order of operations for me, my crisis of faith was really the final thing for me. Like all these other things came first. Yeah. And in college, um, another big thing that happened was when I moved to Gainesville. We found like this incredible church, which I still stand by. It's an awesome church. If you're yeah. gonna be like a Jesus believer, Bible following church, this is one to aspire to be like. If you're gonna be any of them, yeah. So we found this amazing church with an amazing pastor who, like, if there's such a thing as a man of God, he is one. He's just great. He's a great, great pastor. We went to that church, but it was during that time that like the presentation of the idea of the gospel of Jesus Christ was presented to me in a way that it had never been before. And one of the biggest things was one Sunday, this pastor in Gainesville broke down the Lord's prayer, which even a lot of non-Christians know the Lord's prayer. It's, you know, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, blah, blah, blah. In the Lord's prayer, it says, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he explained what that meant in a way that I had never heard in my entire life. And it just like clicked for me. I was like 20 or 21 years old. And he was explaining that like part of our job as Christians and Jesus followers, I stopped saying Christian around this time too, started saying Jesus follower. And the reason for that, I know I'm going to like divert here, but the reason for that is because the word Christian had become so, so it had such a negative connotation. Yeah. Yeah. In the world that everybody started saying Jesus follower. And it was the same time that like the Jesus is my homeboy shirt came out. Oh yeah. Remember that? (laughs) Like in 2007. Um, So like being a Jesus follower kind of became like cool for a little bit as long as you didn't say you were a Christian. Yeah. So in this sermon anyway, he was teaching us about how part of our job is not only to look to the afterlife and like store up our treasures in heaven, but part of our job based on the Lord's prayer and responsibilities is to bring heaven to earth. So The idea that before the fall of man, like earth was a heaven and then we ruined it with sin. Well, we're supposed to always be trying to reinstate life on earth to be more like heaven again. Yeah. Mind blown. I was raised to only worry about death. Store up your treasures for heaven. Yeah. So that was just powerful for me. I was like, oh, like we're supposed to 
be happy here and try to be happy here and do good things here, not just for reward for later, but for this lifetime. Yeah, that's so powerful. Like, so it was. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And that was just one more thing of me being like, oh, everything I've been taught, this is the th- the other side of the one-sided mirror. Yeah. yeah. Or is it two-sided mirror? What kind of mirrors are they where you can't see through one side? I think two-sided. <laughs> is it two-sided? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think normal mirrors are one-sided. Police mirrors. Yeah, two-sided. <laughs> Y'all know what we're talking about. Interrogation mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was a big deal. That sermon in and of itself was a big deal. Starting to say I'm a Jesus follower versus Christian was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I also felt compelled to like start knowing my stuff when it came to apologetics. So I started listening to Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And yeah. for anybody who doesn't know what that is, C.S. Lewis wrote all the Chronicles of Narnia books. Yeah right yeah yeah didn't he yeah <laughs> like wait hang on was that lewis carroll nope that yeah, yeah. no nope. <laughs> wait lewis carroll is alice in wonderland through the looking glass yes. yes okay anyway mere christianity is like the apologetics handbook for christians and when i say apologetics if you're not familiar with that term apologetics are essentially um like the roadmap of proving something to be true yeah when it comes to religion I feel like that's no, that's probably not the best way to put it. But anyway, I listened to Mirror Christianity. And when you listen to this or read it or whatever, and I listened to it on CD, Brittany. Oh, man. Back in the I, day. <laughs> it was like a 12 CD set. It was crazy. Oh, man. And in it, he's making the case for Jesus and God and the Christian faith being absolute truth. Yeah. And I listened to it and he does a really good job. Oh, yeah. That was part of the curriculum in one of our first, I think it's like in at Evangel, it was like some kind of essential Christianity 101 or something that we all had to take. And that was 100% a book we had to read there, too. Right. And so the thing about listening to something like that was I'm struggling with my faith at this point anyway, and I have been seems like pretty much my entire life. Yeah. Um, But I'm listening to this because I feel, again, compelled like if I'm a Christian, I need to know, I need to, I need to know these things. Yeah. You know, I need to be able to defend my faith. I'm like, is it much of faith if you have to constantly defend it? I don't know. Um, but just to put things in perspective at that time in my life, I was also listening to Sean Hannity all the time on the radio. Yeah. So you can't trust 21 year old Tiffany at all. <laughs> That's what like, I'm what saying. What the hell were you doing? All those things are happening in Gainesville. And then we decide, at this point I'm married, and we decide to move to Los Angeles. When we move out here, we did decide, like, instantly to find a church. Okay. Like, it was top of mind for us because when we had moved to Gainesville, we found a church right away, and we made, like, really good friends immediately. Totally. And we were like, we did that once, let's do it again. Yeah. And that's how, like, when you move to a new city, it's like, how else – you know, at the time, well, I'm, I guess it's a good question. Like, did you even have like jobs or anything moving out here yet? No, moving out here, um, I still worked for a book publisher. I had my own side business um, for copy editing. And I also was still doing some part-time work for a law firm in mm-hmm. um, Gainesville. But no, we moved out here. We saved money like crazy. And then we moved out here and we just like, hustled we just like yeah. went for it we didn't have any jobs or anything we even moved here like sight unseen we'd never been to LA well and that's the thing though it's like where else are you going to make friends and stuff especially if you don't already know, have like a job or you're working from home in your case exactly. so it's like that's in in our way of growing up that's where so much of your social life happens so that's natural to want to do that oh totally and you know what they say Brittany if you're a Christian you got to get plugged in 
Gotta get plugged in. <laughs> so we had to get plugged in right away. We went church shopping. And I remember, this is so funny, the very first church that we tried was on Hollywood Boulevard across from a, like, porn shop. Oh. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, for one, whoa. And for two, like, that is the most perfectly placed church of all time. Yeah. So risque, but that's so appropriate. Oh my gosh, just be the light. Be the speed the light. Um <laughs> yep. so that was the thing. And then, okay, so I moved here in July of 2010 and I met you in October of 2010. I know we're about to have our 10-year anniversary. Our friendship has like outlasted my marriage by two years. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about that, but yes. Yeah. So, um, we, yeah, so I met you at church and the reason Oasis stuck for us was much the same reasons that you talked about last week that it stuck for you guys. We tried other churches and like, they weren't welcoming enough. Like they didn't say hello. And then we went to another church and like everybody there was just like too cool for school and, (laughs) you know, was on their cell phones during church and, you know, other ones were too rigid or, you know, too Presbyterian feeling. It's like too hot, too cold, trying to find that just right. Yeah, that just exactly. And this was the perfect porridge. Yeah. So (laughs) Oasis stuck. We ended up by happenstance at the same connect group. Those little like life group, connect group, small group. Do life together, you know, so that we could do life together. And boy, have we. Yeah. (laughs) But that is just the most like Christian thing that's ever been said during that time. (laughs) It was, it was like, it's that thing is like the best of times and the worst of times Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't change anything about it. I have literally been like, it's been 10 years now and my absolute best friends in LA and really in the world have come out of going to that church. Totally. So I'm so, so grateful for it. But it got to a place with that church where like our faith was evolving. I should say my, my faith was evolving. My questions were evolving and I was living in a different, more diverse place than ever. And not just a more diverse place, but but a more welcoming place than ever because mm-hmm. I'm not in the Bible Belt anymore. Yeah. And I know people can and maybe they should make that conclusion that, oh, when you go somewhere else, well, you know, the world got its hooks into you or whatever yeah. the, the I, I, idea behind that might be. It is it is true. Yeah. But that also means that I had a very myopic view of the world before I was exposed to yes. things. Yes, 100%. I was look- yes, I was looking through a pinhole, and now I can see so yeah. much more. It's You're in a bubble, and I know people are uncomfortable hearing that, but it's like I try really hard in this podcast to not try to sound too negative about, like, family and stuff like that, but it is, like, if you think about how even just my parents, even though they ended up in South Africa and were exposed to so many cultures and so many things, at, at the end of the day, they've been in Assemblies of God for their entire life from their childhood and still it's their occupation now. And so you're in this bubble and I know it's like looked down upon, You don't, people don't want to hear that. If you've not even worked other jobs outside of that where you've consistently been around people that are not like you, you're never going to be challenged in a way that like truly allows you to kind of question things. Mm-hmm. And you may see that as a negative thing, but I think it's like so important, number one, to your belief system. So if you really do believe it, you should be able to be questioned on it and come out fine. Right. At least that's in my in my perspective. So I feel like it's so important to be exposed to another 
way of life, culture, place. I don't know. And that's, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the accident of birth that puts us in the place where we believe what we believe. Yeah. If we were born on the other side of the world, you know, we would be Hindu. We would be Muslim. Yeah. You know, we would, whatever the case may be, we just would be. Yeah. We just would be. And we would grow up feeling as attached to that being truth as we do here. 100%. And yeah. I've I've known that my whole life, but I had to get to a place where I could accept it and be comfortable with that also being true. And there's yeah. a couple of things that led to that. Yeah. So one of them was actually you and Curtis. I had <laughs> never in my life heard until you guys told me in your little apartment over by Patty's in Toluca Lake oh, no, that there we were do? other Messiah stories. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Which we also talked about last week in your story. I had never heard that in my life. I Same until I saw that documentary. <laughs> I felt my first earthquake in that moment, but I was alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. And I would just like listen to you guys. And I'm not the type of person, like if I don't know something about something, I do not try to like um, – what's like I don't like go on offense yeah I don't yeah, debate yeah. if I don't know about it I just listen yeah and that yeah. doesn't mean I'm agreeing with you or disagreeing with you but I just listen and I remember you guys talking about that and just being like is this for real right now like how <laughs> and just being like right now <laughs> yes and so I went home after that and I like researched and googled stuff and I was like holy hell <laughs> it's true no one's ever told me this and you know what I felt I felt deliberately lied to yeah yeah. That's how I felt. I'm like, my parents are so knowledgeable. They're like borderline, especially my mom, like a scholar when it comes, like she's done, you know, when you get ordained and she got ordained later in life, they test you. It's like quiz bowl Bible time. Yeah. It's crazy. And you go through all these courses and stuff. She knows her stuff. But I'm like, again, is it so myopic that she doesn't know? Oh, probably she, doesn't yeah know. has never been taught in her life that like not only are there other messiah stories but jesus came later oh i i know but then it's like i think they might look at it and go well by opening your mind to that then it's like letting you know it could be letting the devil in or whatever way they'd want to phrase it i don't want to put them down by saying it in that way but like that's literally what i feel like the verbiage would be is yeah. that like you don't let that kind of stuff in and it's like and even when i talked about this last episode I don't feel like even when I saw it, it wasn't even that I was like, oh, my God, well, Jesus didn't exist then. It was just no. this idea of like, honestly, on the one hand, like in it, trying to explain our heritage and understand why we believe Jesus is the son of God or is not or whatever. Why are we not also taught about other religions and trying so that we can make a decision that is educated and also not just yeah. this thing where we just choose to believe no matter what, because that's just, you know, I don't know. There's, it, I have such yeah. a hard time with that. I have such a hard time with that too. And I think what's interesting about it too is there's lots of times that where in Christianity and in probably any faith, faith comes in where you can't explain things. There's the unexplainable element and you just have to accept certain things. And yeah. I'm like, that's cool. And I get that as an idea, a concept. However, yeah. if you can be educated on something that proves something then you don't need blind faith because yeah. we have proof yep 
Yeah. It's it's there in black and white and you can study it and come to the conclusion on your own if you start, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, yeah. why are we filling in gaps with faith in places where there are no gaps? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> that happened. Thanks for yeah. that, McConnell's. Blew my mind. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I'm just like wearing myself out with like revisiting that memory. <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to see you mean like Twilight Zone moment of just, it, it was. what, it's like, what the hell, what, yes. I'm sorry, excuse me? Uh, <laughs> can I be reborn and start over? I'm so confused. <laughs> that was a whole thing. And then back to the homosexuality, because we yes. must, yeah. we must. It is just something that the Christian folk harp on for life. Yes. So hard. So, so hard. And... I was at a place for a long time where I was ready to be on the other side of not gay tolerance, LGBTQ plus tolerance. I was ready to be accepting and I didn't have the information I needed to be accepting. And I watched a documentary called For the Bible Tells Me So. And in it, they, I cannot recommend it enough. If you struggle with the concept of you know, heterosexuality, homosexuality, like it matters. If you struggle with it, which I did, so no judgment, I did my entire life, you have to watch this. It rocked my world. And in less than two hours, I was complete, I was uncomfortably so, but I was gay affirming by the end of this. Yeah. This thing. And some would again say, well, you opened yourself up to it and that's the devil at work and blah, blah, blah. And I would say I opened myself up to it and if there is a God, he softened my heart to see the world in a way that I was taught not to and everything I ever believed until now was wrong. Preach. Yep. My eyes have seen the glory (laughs) is how I feel. Yeah. And I watched and I remember specifically in that documentary, again, I'm not going to break down the whole thing, but in it – There are interviews about and with the mother of the first Episcopalian openly gay bishop. Yeah, yeah. Who was appointed or elected. I don't know how their processes work. um, I believe in like 97 or 98 because I was still living in Key West when it was happening and it made all the headlines. And I remember like our church praying openly in church against it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Praying that the Episcopalian church, which... In our church, we already don't even Episcopalians like damn near Catholic. Are they even Christian? So I'm like, why do you even care about the gay thing if you already don't even believe they're Christians? Yeah. And I thought that when I was ten, I did. I, I didn't say it. I thought it. Yeah. And so his mom is interviewed, and she was talking about how like she didn't believe. And and my memory on this is a little rusty, so don't take anything I say. But my memory is that she was saying, you know, she was not gay affirming or anything. And then when she, her son came out, this Episcopalian priest, bishop, whatever. Her heart was completely softened and changed. And she was just like, he's still just my son. Yeah. I still love him. And he is a powerful man of God because this guy is like as Bible-believing Christian as they can be. And it turns out the flipping word homosexual is not in the – homosexual. I just said it like I'm from Florida. <laughs> Guys. Homosexual. Yeah, heterosexual. Um, <laughs> it was not even translated into that word in the Bible until the 20th century. Wow. I remember some 100 of this years and ago. Just, like it's crazy. It's crazy. crazy so when crazy. somebody comes at me and says for the Bible tells me so, I'm like, "Did it? Did it tell you that?" Because I'm 100% sure it 100% didn't until 100% years ago. <laughs> That's how I you know what I'm saying? This and is why I we understand need video of you right now. <laughs> Tiffany's eyes are like, "Did you hear me? Do Out you of need my to head. question me again?" Oh like, my god. 
like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, God was pissed at them for being inhospitable. Totally. They were being rude to people who knocked on their doors. It wasn't about man laying with man. It was about you need a place to sleep and I'm not giving you one. Yeah. Anyway, you got to watch it. It rocked my world. I finished that thing. And did I immediately start behaving different around LGBTQ people? No, because I still have all of my baggage of that point, like 26 years of what I was taught to deal with. But I was so ready. And we were ready to find a different church that was gay affirming because like places like where we were going at the time were pretty much somewhat mum on it. Like you couldn't be in leadership if you were gay, but like we would love you anyway and things like that. And And I think also you, you had to have been open a little bit to having your mind changed watching that documentary because yes. I feel like if you go in watching it as somebody that like firmly believes against it and you're like looking to dispute something like I, I feel like that I don't know you're gonna walk out changed maybe you will but I think when you were already kind of struggling with these issues it definitely was the affirmation for me as well that to go like oh wow everything I've been feeling makes so much more sense and then also here's the evidence to back it up which is what I could never understand from mm-hmm. the pulpit, some of the things that were being used as like examples of why we should believe this or not believe this. And I always was like, I don't, again, I don't understand. It, it wasn't strong enough for me. And then yeah. it still felt like it went against the God is love message. And I'm like, can we just pick, can we decide? Is he a God of judgment or God of right. love? You're saying he could be both, but, it, but I, I don't know. Like, so. which is it? It's co- the constant contradiction Mm-hmm. left me unsettled my entire life and not just about homosexuality like so many things like this yeah um but something so I was talking early on in like my elementary school years about how I hopscotched from I didn't go straight from believing like God created the earth and we've only been here for 6,000 years to you know the world has been around for I don't even know how long is it 400 million years does it really matter know, exactly, a long time more more than 6,000 <laughs> I had that middle ground part of something in between that gave me like a pebble to step on before I got to where I needed to be. And with the homosexuality thing, I got to a place for a little while where I was ready to not be this way anymore. But I had a moment where I was like, okay, everybody has sinned. I have sinned. I'm going to heaven. What makes my sin less bad than your sin? Therefore, ergo, can't we have gay people in heaven? Because... Uh, What if they do everything perfect, right? Everything, they're super Christian. They have Jesus living in their heart. They are just really trying not to be gay, but they are. They could be in heaven. And guys, I just want to take a moment to say everything we're saying out of context sounds insane. Yeah, it does. So I'm just going to accept the fact that somebody could do anything with this that they want. But if you're listening to the whole thing, you understand my heart on it. And these are this is the kind of insane thought process I had as a younger person who was taught to believe one way my entire life growing up. Yeah. So. Oh, I had the same thought process last last time where I'm like, putting this out there means someone could take the audio and do whatever the hell they want with it. And I just have to be okay with that at this point. Yeah, exactly. You just have to be okay with it because I feel like we know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> We're putting the whole thing out there. So whatever. Um, and all of those things are not how I feel. And I never wanted to feel that way. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know any better. Yeah. And as Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. So yeah. that rocked my world. And then we were really ready for, like you talked about last week, like a more meat and potatoes type of church where we really were ready to be educated. We felt like we had been duped by being 
so myopic again for so long mm-hmm. that we wanted more. And when I say we, it's because we I was married back then. So I started looking for a different church and at that time we were reading like the Rob Bell books. Yeah. Um, and then he has a good friend counterpart who writes his books to Peter Rollins that are like parables and it's really like a different perspective on how to interpret interpret Bible stories and he rewrites his own and things like that. And we had already seen him live a couple of times, but then um, he was going to be teaching at a local small church. And we were like, okay, that does tell us something about that church if they would have somebody like him there. <laughs> yeah. Total heretic. Um, so we started going there. <laughs> and did you say, I, I, I can't remember if like I imagine this, did you say that er, uh, the pastor of Central calls it like AA for... I, at some point, I feel like I did say that last time, and I'm like, I'm positive whether it was in a social setting or from the pulpit yeah. at some point. I that that line is stuck with me for so long. So he said it at some point where he yeah. was like, it's like re- AA recovering, fundament- yeah, recovering fundamentalists. Well, I yeah. think it's so accurate. And going to that church was like the final stepping stone and this is where during that time I I had my crisis of faith finally like when all else is said and done it's like faith is the one thing that I think keeps you holding on it's like but I feel it in my soul I believe you know all these things and I started experiencing depression right around that time um, for the first time in my life and I was very aware of it but I wasn't like I didn't know how to get help yet and I didn't have help yet so I was just dealing with it and then like a year and a half later my ex-husband decided he didn't want to be married anymore and um, it was the end of my world as I knew it like everything made no sense I was devastated is such like a small word there's not a word because devastated on the one hand sounds like a huge word, but then when you compare it to what you went through, it's like so minuscule. It yeah, it does. It just doesn't. It just doesn't fit. And um, it was during that time. So after we split up, I was still like hanging on. I'm trying to make this thing like not happen. Like all I cared about was like this not happening. And during that time, for one, one of the reasons I got married so young is because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, it was the Christian thing to do. Yep. To not live in sin, to get married, it's like the ultimate, right? Yeah. And then when my husband walks out on me, the narrative of these people who told me I was doing the right thing, that I was living a holy life by being married. And like, we weren't just married. We were like consecrated in a church. Like, well, yeah. no, <laughs> we didn't consecrate it. <laughs> we were like by the, you know what I'm saying? You're like, you, it was you, anointed. you mixed things up the first night. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Everything about that marriage from the um, church's standpoint was good, right, and holy. Yeah. And then when my husband walks out, those same people, family and otherwise, are telling me, well, God has a plan. God has something bigger for you. This might be part of God's plan. And I'm sitting over here going, you're telling me, A, divorce is a sin. Yeah. B, (laughs) this might be part of God's plan. That doesn't go along with what you're saying. (laughs) No. I'm like, so what you're saying is you have no idea. Yeah. And everything about it felt so hypocritical. So during that time, I got to a place where I'm definitely at the place of my my crisis of faith at this point where I've done everything else. Yeah. I'm like, maybe God's making my husband leave me because I love homosexual people now. I don't know. (laughs) 
obviously not. But I'm just like, this, this does not add up. I prayed for the last time in February of 2016. And in that prayer, I basically gave God an ultimatum, which I think everybody has done. And you know what? There's plenty of instances in the Bible where they work. Yeah. (laughs) But I basically gave God an ultimatum and I was like, listen, I've done what I was supposed to. And, And this is just the religious side of things. I love the like shit out of him. But that's just the religious side of things. And I said, like, you can change his heart because nothing else can. And if you don't... I'm good. Like, you're good with God. Like, as in, like, bye. Goodbye. Yeah. Because I had already gone through all these other phases, and this was the last thing holding on for me. Mm -hmm. If if he had come home, I'd probably be, like, preaching to the masses right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I hear that. You know what I mean? Because it would have been that thing of, like, God finally proved himself. But when somebody – when, like, I can't even articulate what what it was about that moment – where I'm just like, you can't have people telling me I, I'm, I'm doing everything right and then tell me that you have a bigger plan at work. God like would not choose divorce for me just so that I could have like a better marriage. You know what I mean? With somebody yeah. else. Like that goes against like the Bible. Totally. Um, That was the last time I prayed until I will say I prayed in January when um, my dog Gilligan was going through cancer and I thought I was going to lose him and then I did. And I prayed again and I didn't even want to because I knew Gilligan – was going to die and I um did not want to pray because I knew it's not real <laughs> and I knew that like I knew God was going to let me down again anyway and so even when I did pray then I like half-assed it <laughs> it's kind of like I stuck it <laughs> sticking it to him <laughs> yeah yeah if there ever was the man I was sticking it to the man I guess um but that was really that was like my final crisis of faith and so somebody could be listening to this and say, and right now what I'm crying for, I think what I'm crying for, I don't know. I think it's the sadness that like when all is said and done, like you want something to be there. Yeah. And sometimes there just isn't. And like nobody is going to convince me that um, I need Jesus to feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or do better. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I'm not judging somebody who feels that they do need that. But I, I think what I'm crying for is just the painfulness of what it is to be a human. And it and it was also so much came to, to head at that ahead at that point. And it's it was just like the never ending nail Yeah. On top. Or what is what's the saying? Like The nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin, that's what I was trying to figure out. The straw that breaks the camel's back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things to call this. Um yeah, and, and that was just like kind of I felt like my last ditch effort and um and, and again I could be like my old like raised Christian self listening to someone tell the story and just being like they're so hurt, they're so like disenfranchised, <laughs> like all these different things <laughs> so disappointed and say, Well, that's all the more reason you need God. And I wouldn't even disagree. I think there's something like I think we do need spirituality, like we are not one dimensional beings. Yeah. But I don't believe anymore that I need to be saved. Totally. Because of my sins. But when did you stop believing that? Do you think at the same time? I think I had stopped believing that a while before. Yeah. Like, I think I had probably stopped believing that, like, during the time of going to Central from Oasis. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Yeah, that, like, the whole... Oh, and I completely skipped over Francis Chan, but whatever. Maybe he should be skipped over. <laughs> 
I can just say something really quick about it. But I yeah. almost doubled down when we were at Oasis with um, reading that Francis Chan book, Crazy Love. But that is one of the most fear-based books I've ever read in my entire life. It was written in 2008. And it, al- it almost makes me wonder if when Rob Bell wrote the book, Love Wins, mm. in 2011, if on some level it was an answer to Crazy Love. That's a, I've never thought about that, but that's a great point. Probably. And I mean, well, you should just ask Rob Bell. Rob Bell, when you wrote Crazy, or I'm sorry, when you wrote Love Wins, was it because Francis Chan <laughs> wrote Crazy Love? In Crazy yeah. Love, everything about it contradicted itself because it says, God loves you so much that it would be so painful for him to be separated from you from for life through hell that if you don't bow to God and live your life solely for God, he will send you to hell. Like, what kind of weird craziness is that? And messed up theology. So messed up. So in in it was after reading that book where I felt like I had to go one of two ways where I really had to double down on Christianity and be like, okay, I'm all in because I'm so freaking scared. Or I needed to start slowly, like, stepping away. And I slowly started stepping away. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get emotional, y'all. Have I done that on this podcast yet? I don't know if you have. I feel like I had at one point and maybe we had a moment, but, like... Yeah, girl, you made me cry, too. It's a lot. It was such a a huge moment. Like, it's a huge... You had, like, some pivotal... There needs to be a better word than devastating, but just, like, I think moments like that in people's lives do change them, and it it is the nail in the coffin for something that was already building up to that at that point, you know? Exactly. It's like if you're going to like ever going to prove yourself to somebody like here, this is your shot with me because I've been like doubting my entire life and nothing. Yeah. So and I think people like I don't want to speak for people, but I feel like even if it was myself back, I don't know, 10 years ago, I would probably listen to you say that about prayer and just be like, well, you know, maybe that wasn't in his like you said, in his plan or whatever. But it feels like there's always a justification for why a prayer doesn't work, but then whenever it goes right, then it's always because you prayed and because God answers prayers. And it's like, exactly. can we not, can we just pick like what the, like, I just don't, it's, this is not about me, but I don't believe, I, I just don't believe in that prayer works in the sense of like what we were taught to believe it is. And like, think it could be a, probably a great meditation, meditative thing in your life. But I don't believe in an, a, right. ga- a God that actively answers people's prayers. I don't. No, I don't either. And I, at this point, I am so like disgruntled by prayer that I take it almost personally. Like yeah. when somebody tell, and it depends on who the audience, or I'm sorry, the deliverer is. But if something, I'm going through something and somebody says, I'll pray for you, I'm almost like, just save it because I've prayed for me before. And yeah. <laughs> like it don't work. Or it's just like know your audience too. It does feel like yeah. and I know we might be more sensitive to it because of how we were raised. And so like I'll know what people's intentions are when they mean it. But like yes. you know, I I also know what it feels like to hear that and it does kind of trigger me in a way. So then I try to be thoughtful about that with other people too. It's like I yeah. think there's other words you can use like thoughts or whatever something else isn't it praying. funny though because even now I still feel like almost sacrilegious if I tell somebody like thinking of you I almost feel still sinful oh yeah where I'm like, like I I'm need to say I'm praying you. for you yeah yeah and I almost it's so like there's so many just things like I feel more 
like if somebody who I know is not like crazy religious says I'm praying for you, I almost value it more than like yeah. super Christian people. No, I totally feel the same way. And I know that's like probably a judgy thing as well. But I, but I it think feels it's like because, it comes from a different place. Then. Yes, I feel like it comes from a different place where like for a lot of Christians, I feel like they actually believe that something might come of that, even though like the evidence shows it just doesn't. But yeah. like that's the one thing you know you can do, even though it does nothing. No, that totally makes sense. It just feels like a cop out to me. I don't know. To wrap it up, maybe I'll do a couple questions like you did with me of like what you got (laughs) do you believe in the divinity of Jesus I know we're not going to go into the whole like what do you actually believe but in in terms of what you don't believe anymore I guess that's the question no but I think he was really special okay (laughs) okay um do you believe the bible is holy or what are your thoughts in general about how you take the Bible and what that looks like in your life at this point? Well, I think I, I think I probably do. Like, I don't think holy meaning magical. No. Yeah, yeah. But like reverent and revered and things like that and um, important. Like, I would not disrespect a Bible. But yeah. I also feel that way about like a Quran yeah. or other holy texts where I would revere them and take care of them and would never disrespect them physically or things like that so I think they're um I think they hold great value yeah no that makes sense but but I don't like sit around being like this is truth yeah (laughs) okay no I hear you I hear you do you would you consider yourself a Christian and you're gonna ask me that no I knew you were going to ask me that because I asked you. I'm like, I don't even want to answer that question. I would call myself a friend of Jesus. (laughs) I am a friend of God. God. (laughs) Yes. Not even a follower of Jesus, but a friend. Oh, my God. What a terrible song. I know. Let's retire that one, churches. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, Lord. We have to retire that and yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Okay, I'll stop. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, I I should have ended on that one, but I do have one more question. Do you have, like, doubts about, like, kind of in reverse now, which you kind of asked me about that as well. Like, are you worried now that you've gone down this backslidden path? Are you, do you have doubts? Do you feel like you find yourself saying the sinner's prayer when you're going down dark alley or something I think I'll do that well I'm not afraid of dark alleys but um (laughs) it's actually one of my biggest flaws I like I grew up so poor we like lived in the hood that like I'm not afraid of anyway yeah um however like if there's like a big jolt on a plane I think I will um, (laughs) I will un or subconsciously do that until the day I die I think because I was raised you know, to believe that. So like, I think I'll do that until the day I die. If it's like a more like there's not something imminent happening, I don't yeah. um, feel a fear anymore. That's been one of the most amazing things about all of this is I don't have a big fear anymore. Yeah. I have more hope than ever, which we also talked about with you. But like, I have more hope than ever now that I don't believe this. Have the baggage. Yeah. You know, and I feel bad even saying the baggage, but it's like, I I do think about, you know, what if we were raised in a less um, legalistic way with some form of religion? And I don't I guess all forms seem to have some sort of legalism with them with it. But 
there is a part of me that's like, well, what would that look like if we could just remove all of those parts of that so that there's not baggage, but there can still be beauty and spirituality and whatever that looks like. But yeah. I think I'm still, I would, I'm still pretty new into being comfortable with where I am right now and not quite at a point where I'm ready to like jump in to explore something completely new yet or I don't know what that will look like. Yeah. Well, it's really hard. I think it's hard to go back to anything with like rules. Yeah. Because, and not even, I I really mean like rules where it's like if this, then that. Yeah. You know, like right and wrong and Uh, things like that. I think that's really hard because even if you, you know, we have friends who were not raised as strict as us, but they were still raised Christian. And they even at some point kind of get to points where they're like, but all these things don't make sense. Yeah. Even yeah, if it's not sense. as um like a visceral response that we yeah. might have, they still get to a place. It's like, how are you going to like teach your kids like all of these people are going to a place called hell? Totally. But you know what I do struggle with? I still struggle with things like um like rapists. Yeah. I'm like, like if they we all have the hell, afterlife. If a hell. Yeah. <laughs> like if there's a hell, yeah. Yeah. But like, so I do struggle with things like that. Do we all get the same like start over like beauty of like the afterlife? And I don't know. That makes sense. Is there an afterlife? Could somebody just freaking figure it out once and for all? <laughs> I am so over this. Do you have any any final thoughts? Or I should ask you this. How do you feel after talking about all of it? I'm glad it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I also, though, I think a big thing for me is I don't want to make my family sad. Yeah. You know? And I'm thinking even of, like, extended family. I'm like, if my favorite uncle, like, listened, would he be so sad and I think that what I want to say is I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Don't be sad. I'm still Tiffany. I'm still me. I'm just me without being like scared poopless all the time. Yeah. I totally agree. And I love people more than I ever have before because I'm not walking around like comparing sins. And worrying about their soul. Yeah. And yes, I do still know the difference between right and wrong. Totally. And now it's just because I want to be a good person and not just because I want to you know get to the right place no I agree with that I don't know religion is always going to be involved in the question of right and wrong though it's it's like almost impossible to separate it's human totally yeah and it's been a part of our society since the beginning of time so beginning of human existence but I hope I made sense I feel like I was kind of all over the place but it's fine you weren't no you made (laughs) sense I feel like it no it totally makes sense and all of our journeys look different, and yet there's still similarities, especially between the two of us and a lot of it happening at similar points in our life. But yeah. thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. And You're proud welcome. of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's some hard stuff to talk about in there, but yeah, it feels good that it's over. I'm happy about that. And now we've laid the groundwork for yeah. everything that's to come. <laughs> yeah. We've had a few like messages come back just since my episode that – you know, people wanting to us to talk about some of these specific things in more depth. And I think this will allow us to feel more comfortable doing so. We're not having to be like, well, this is how we got to this point. Let me preface yeah. everything a million times. So I also feel more content with who I am at 34. And I know some of that's to do with age and just like being happy with yourself, but also going down through this journey and the struggle and that Honestly, I don't know. This may, maybe I should just ask you this instead of saying for myself. But like, do you feel like the easier thing would be to just continue to believe? Oh no, because I would be the fakest fake if I well, tried yes. to do that. <laughs> yeah, no. and but I feel like there's a part for me where I'm like, if I look back, I think 
the easier path if, if I'm worried about, like, disappointing my family and stuff like that is, like, 100% just be, like, keep doing the motions. But mm-hmm. then I feel like I would be exactly what you said, so fake uh. and not be me. And this is yeah. not about this, like, oh, it's all about me and finding myself. But it is also about trying to be the best version of yourself. And I think part of this journey has been figuring that out. Totally. So I think I, I don't even know, like usually we're, we've been working so hard on these past three episodes that we typically know what's coming next. I don't know if we know what's coming next, but I will say if you have comments or questions or points of clarification, maybe that's something that we will circle back to, whether it's next episode or down the line. So if you're like, hang on a minute, that didn't make sense. Or but what do you think about this? Let us know. And whether you want it to be private or public, if you message on, you know, our our Instagram or Facebook or anywhere you DM us. We don't have to use your name unless you want us to. You can tell us. We'd love to use your name if you want it used. If you don't, we won't. But we would love to address some of those things if you have specific things that we should hit on. And we love to be challenged. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. We're here for the challenge. I feel like we've been challenged our whole lives to get to this place at all. So No, I would love to. Yeah, if you've got some some hard questions, like – there are no bad questions, so please yeah. throw them our way. We won't judge you or, like, I realize we joke and whatever, and it's because we feel comfortable about it, and it was our our past. But I want you to feel w- welcome to ask yeah. whatever you might be confused about or if there's a specific issue that you're maybe, like, halfway there and you're not sure how to take that final jump, maybe we can talk through some of that. I don't know. Yeah, like, if you're halfway there and you're living on a prayer <laughs> – will help <laughs> oh girl always coming in with the, like the, the, the lines geez. that I don't <laughs> I'm always coming in with the uh with like the karaoke bar lines but I love it I told Curtis I was like I what I love about your humor I mean I think you're hilarious but it's always like these moments where I I don't sometimes I see it coming from from you so I can like see I can predict it and other times I'm like I don't I didn't hear what I said, like the right. way you heard it, but then I'll still be going like da 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 da, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, but then hit me with the liner, and I'm just like, where the hell did that come from? And I'm like, she was sitting on it the whole time, just waiting to say it. Not even you, just like I think you speak very melodically, and it reminds me of song lyrics, <laughs> is what it is. So if if you are halfway there, and you are living on a prayer i don't know the rest of the words i don't either oh, we're halfway there oh, living on a prayer no 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 i swear that's all i know yeah <laughs> oh, living on a prayer okay <laughs> that's all come back in a couple weeks y'all we'll be here again i'm tiffany and i'm Brittany. we'll see you in a couple weeks bye, bye.